It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. Did you miss me? I missed you. Had a nice week last week, spending time with family and uh, celebrating Christmas, all that good stuff. Hopefully, you had a good chance to do that as well. But we're back. And unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of news to talk about. Not even really a whole lot going on the rumor front. The hot stove has just about turned completely off. And that's probably part of being the week of Christmas. But nothing big happened last week. Nothing real monumental outside of the Shogo Akiyama rumors happened on the rumor front. And there's really no updates in any of that. So we're going to have a fun podcast today. I I have not finished the Locked On Reds All-Decade team. So we're going to take another step toward doing that today. But before we do, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the many podcasting platforms. Follow me on Twitter, at LockedOnReds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And save that LockedOnReds.Line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. So the fun today, I filled out the Everyday 8. I think it was about a week or two ago that we said the LockedOnReds all decade. Every day, it's going to include most, mostly uh, some locks. Obviously, Joey Votto at first, Brandon Phillips at second, A. Eugenio Suarez at third. I considered Zach Cozart a lock at shortstop. We put him in as the shortstop of the decade. In right field, of course, you had Jay Bruce. And then, really, the three positions up for grabs. I said. The catcher of the decade was Devin Mesoraco. And, you know, I clarified the the guys who brought the most value to their position for the time that they were here. And really, you could argue that a a healthy Devin Mesoraco, man, that's easier for me to say, a healthy Devin Mesoraco was the best catcher of the decade. For the Reds. And then in center field, also a call that I've not seen a lot of people make, and I didn't make it for that reason. I firmly believe that he is the center fielder of the decade for the Reds, is Shinsu Chu. If he had played here multiple years, would have been a force to be reckoned with in the leadoff spot. 
And then lastly, left field, I had Ryan Ludwig, which I saw some folks uh, saying uh, Adam Duvall and uh, some other names as well. But I felt that Ryan Ludwig was the left fielder of the decade for the time that he was here. And that was the Everyday Eight. So today, we're going to talk about the pitching staff, the starting five of the decade. I bet you can't guess my lock. Because it's obvious. He is in the argument for all time best pitcher for the Reds. Now, I'm not saying he is, but I'm definitely saying he's got a strong argument. And I believe that there are some people that think that he is the best pitcher all time for the Cincinnati Reds. And that's Johnny Cueto. If you don't understand why I am including him in the all-decade starting rotation, that probably means you didn't get a chance to watch Johnny Cueto, was absolutely electric. And I know that's kind of become like a buzzword this year in sports, but when we're talking about Johnny Cueto, we're talking about a dude that at his absolute peak was a sub two and a half ERA guy for the Reds who hadn't seen that level of pitching in a long time. He was a key cog in that 2012 machine of a team. 217 innings that year. And he had a 2.78 ERA. Just absolutely phenomenal. But even more than that, it wasn't just one year. He had multiple four-win seasons for the Reds, including a two-win season in 2010 and a three-win season in 2011, and what I'm talking about is wins above replacement. Obviously, he won more games than that, but I'm not much into the win-loss record sort of thing. But, I, I mean, he was the last Reds 21 pitcher, if you want to go that route. He, he won 20 games in 2014, and I reckon that's not going to be broken. I mean, maybe this season, but guys just don't amass as many wins. He had 243 innings pitched in 2014. 2014 was just a phenomenal season for Johnny Cueto. He was the obvious choice for the all-decade starting rotation. And honestly, I can't help you if you don't Understand why? Because he, he, he was the go-to guy, the stopper in the rotation. If the Reds ever had a streak that they had to get off of, Johnny Cueto would be the man to get a win. Secondly, and okay, part of it's a little bit of bias, but I also think he's got a strong argument in and of himself. It's not necessarily because of the bias that I'm picking him. But going along with Johnny Cueto, your second starting pitcher, and and it's not as if these guys got to go in this specific order, but the way that I'm picking them, the second starting pitcher of the decade for your Cincinnati Reds, Bronson Arroyo. Now, I know some of you only remember the last time you saw him, and the last time you saw him in a Reds uniform didn't look great. But that was after his injury. That was after recovering from multiple surgeries on his arm. And that was not the same Bronson Arroyo. The Bronson Arroyo I'm talking about from 2010 through 2013, for those four years, automatic, pencil him in 
200 innings pitch. Now, 2011, he only had 199, but in 2010, 215.2 innings pitched. And in both 2012 and 2013, he amassed 202 innings pitched. 33 starts in 2010 and 32 starts 2011 through 2013. Absolutely automatic. He's going to eat innings. He's going to be out there every fifth day for you. Just a phenomenal four-year stretch. And sure, if if you want to dive into the ERA numbers, 2011 wasn't great with a 5.07 ERA, but 2010, 12, and 13 were all in the threes, mid to upper threes. But still, a phenomenal pitcher for the Reds in a decade where starting pitching was sparse. And really, some of the, most of these guys are going to be toward the early part of the decade. And I'm going to give you the rest of that starting rotation here in just a moment. But before I do, I just want to point out our friends, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lithgow over at the Locked On Bengals podcast. If you don't listen to the Locked On Bengals podcast and you call yourself a Bengals fan, you're just doing it wrong. Those guys have an amazing daily look at the Cincinnati Bengals who, yeah, I get it. They finished the season 2-14, and 14, but guess what? They finished on a high note with a win. They got Freddie Kitchens fired. They put the nail in the coffin that was the false hype train up in Cleveland. Remember preseason whenever they were saying that Cleveland was a Super Bowl contender? Ah! How'd that turn out? The, Reds got, er, the Bengals got the number one pick. And Joe and Jake will have you covered all offseason on the Locked On Bengals podcast. You guys got to go check it out. In the first half of the podcast, I was talking about how Johnny Cueto and Bronson Arroyo are your first two all-decade starting pitchers. Really, Johnny Cueto and Bronson Arroyo are locks as far as I'm concerned. When you look at the five best starting pitchers for this past decade, you you definitely can't convince me that Johnny Cueto shouldn't be on there. But you got to squint real hard to even think about an argument against Bronson Arroyo. Hoping to have him on uh, sometime this offseason, too. So there's an added bonus there. Then we're moving right along in that starting five. We're going to the next guy. This guy, you'll remember fondly, he came up as a rookie. He never pitched. Well, okay, before he pitched in the majors, he never pitched in the minors. He ended up doing some rehab work in the minors throughout, uh, I think it was his second season. But I'm talking about Mike Leak. Mike Leak was a great pitcher. Now, I'm not saying he was an ace-type guy. You never saw him in the running for Cy Young. But he was as solid as they come for five years on the Reds. And, and, you know, part of 2015 as well. But really, his stretch... From 2012 through 2014, and okay, so maybe not 2012, but 2011, and then 13 and 14, absolutely awesome. ERA in the threes, he pitched a lot. 167 innings in 2011, but 192 in 2013, and 214 in 2014. It was interesting. I remember in, you know, the doldrums of 2016 through 2018 when we were starving for some kind of consistent starting pitching. He was the kind of guy that I was like, man, if we just had him, 
we'd feel a little bit better about this. I mean, we wouldn't feel amazing about it, but we're talking about a guy who'd give you 30 starts and he'd give you five or six innings to start. He was just that kind of consistent. Not a guy, I mean, as a Red, he never really eclipsed, and really not in his career, even after being a Red, has he eclipsed uh, more than two wins above replacement in a season. But you knew what you were getting when he got out on the mound. Every so often he'd give up some home runs and stuff, but overall a really solid pitcher. In both 2013 and 2014, he kept his home run per nine ratio below one. Just a phenomenal guy, definitely worth making the all-decade team. And these last three guys, as far as the starting five, they could bear arguing. And, you know, if you've got a better idea, if you think that there's somebody that I left off of the all-decade team in any position, really, let me know at 513-549-0159. Moving right along, our fourth guy, and I'm going to give it away with this hint, but really, you got to swallow a pill on this one. His time in Cincinnati ended poorly. And really, his last half of his time in Cincinnati was awful. But this dude had a year where he was a four-win pitcher. And if you are a four-wins-above-replacement pitcher on the Cincinnati Reds, you deserve to be included in an all-decade starting rotation. I'm talking about your friend and mine, Mr. Daniel DeWitt, also known as Homer Bailey. Homer Bailey, I get it. He signed that contract, which will forever be labeled as an albatross sort of thing in the annals of Reds history. When you look back and you say, boy, what a terrible contract that was. I'm not, I'm not here to defend the contract. What I am telling you, though, a stretch of two years, 2012 and 2013, ironically, matching up with Mike Lee, was why he got paid. Had over 200 innings in both years, 33 starts in 2012, 32 in 2013, ERA below three. In fact, in 2013, it was below three and a half. 2013 was his four-win season, at least according to fan graphs. 4.1 wins above replacement that year. And you just, you cannot include an all-decade pitcher list without talking about Homer Bailey, that 2013 season, 0.86 home runs per nine innings. Absolutely phenomenal. And the last Reds pitcher to throw a no-hitter, I mean, it's kind of hard to leave that off the list as well. So he's definitely an all-decade starting pitcher. And for those of you that hate that, I mean, you can give me an argument as to why. You can talk about the injury-riddled seasons and how those probably soured the taste, but you cannot forget. 2013, when he was the pitcher that earned that contract. Just the way it is. And then finally, rounding out the all-decade starting five. This, This one took a little bit of thinking because we've kind of reached the point where all decade pitchers, it's a little bit tough because you could go with Matt Latos. You could make an argument for Anthony DiSclefani. I'm going to go ahead and say it's Luis Castillo because Luis Castillo in the realm of this past decade had a four win season. 
And that was, of course, last season. We all know how good he was that year, but he's also pretty decent a couple of years before that to at least garner our wonderment. I don't know. I, I just I think I made that. I don't think that's a word. But, you know, he had us thinking that, man, we really might have something here. And, of course, we're going into 2020 thinking, yeah, we got something all right. Dude has the best changeup in the game. I know that there's probably a couple of arguments out there. They're wrong. Luis Castillo has the best changeup in the game of baseball. And his two-seamer is pretty nasty, too. But he's also in the minds of the opposing team. Like, they've got to be looking at the schedule and say, well, we got the Reds on a schedule. Let's see. Do we, do we miss Luis Castillo? Okay. And for the teams that don't have to face him, they probably breathe a sigh of relief out loud. He definitely makes the all-decade starting rotation on my list. And and like I said, if you disagree, I love having open conversations about baseball. I will talk a long time about baseball. I'd love to hear from you at 513-549-0159. We'll put your question, put your argument, whatever you've got on the podcast, and we'll talk about it. That's just how this goes. It and it and it even has me thinking. I, I want to dip into some of the text messages. I think I got time. I'm I'm gonna do one today. I got a text and this is from Dave out in Arizona. And he said I've been a Reds fan since nineteen sixty six and I'm currently living in Arizona. I love what they're doing with the starting pitching, the free agent signings and all that, but I'm really worried about the bullpen. And Dave, I appreciate the text, man. I really hear, I hear you there because what team in Major League Baseball can say that they're settled with their bullpen? You go through an entire season, a long 162-game season, with the same bullpen, pitching the same way all year, staying healthy all year. It just doesn't happen, especially in this modern age of baseball where relievers are coming in earlier and earlier. And in some cases, you're using a reliever as an opener or, you know, what have you in those situations. You've got to have a deep bullpen. And the Reds have really only addressed it with minor moves so far. There are some interesting names out there on the free agents list. I'm not sure that they're going to spend big money to go get them, though. So it's kind of hard to pinpoint some possible targets. Because there's guys out there that I would find intriguing. But at the same time, I don't know just how much they are in on them. Obviously, they won't have David Hernandez unless they go back and they go get him uh, for next year. And, of course, uh, Jared Hughes is also out there on the open market. But I, I don't think that the Reds will go get either one of those guys and bring them back. I think they're going to roll... With who they have, I think they feel pretty confident in the the bullpen's core of Rysel Iglesias, Michael Lorenzen, and Amir Garrett. And then you can build out with uh, Lucas Sims and Robert Stevenson, just to look at some of the names. Uh, it'll be interesting to see some more out of Matt Bowman. I like the little bit that we got to see from him. Be intrigued to see some more. And then you got Joel Kunal as well, and a couple other interesting names in there. But to be honest with you, I think that any other moves to improve the bullpen are going to come out of nowhere and just surprise us. 
maybe part of trades or something of that nature. Not necessarily something that we're going to be like, oh, wow, they went and they got Dellen Batances. Which, actually, I think he signed with the Mets anyway, so he's not available. But yeah, you know, there's something like that. At the same token, I think that that is always on the board of a general manager to improve is the bullpen. Which is probably a lot of words that don't really answer your question, Dave. But I, I'm with you. I, I, I am looking forward to see what they do. That's just an area where I'm like, I, I have no, you know, concrete expectations as to how they're going to move but at the same token i expect there will be some sort of moves and and plus you always got guys that are coming up through the minors uh guys who maybe should be starters but don't pan out and turn into relievers things of that nature now in in case you missed it jimmy hergett is no longer red he was claimed off of waivers by the Texas Rangers, but that, of course, was when the Reds uh, waved him off the 40-man roster, so they weren't expecting him to be a big part of the future, which is kind of a bummer, because the little bit that I got to see of him in spring training, at least, I was intrigued, because he had that funky delivery, and thought he was pretty cool with the, you know, just the weirdness that he added there. Apparently, the Reds didn't see a whole lot of upside in it, because he's no longer a Red. So there's that. Anyway, thanks again for the question, and hit me up anytime. Text message, call 513-549-0159. That's going to do it for today. So happy to be back. I miss doing the podcast. I, I enjoyed my time with my family and all that good stuff last week, but I miss talking Reds baseball. We're back, baby, daily, uh, starting today. Thanks again for listening. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the many podcasting platforms. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Lockdown Reds and also check out even more content over at LockedOnReds.com. Thanks so much for listening, guys. My name is Jeff Carr and I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.